Hello, everybody. This is your favorite Bronze Age comic book podcast, Flea Market Fantasy. I'm your co-host, Michael, and as always, I'm joined by... Michael Dell of the LCS Hockey Radio Show. That's right. And this week, it is your pick, uh, Mike Dell. So you can, uh, you can introduce the comic and our special guest. Yes, today we'll be reviewing Jungle Action 10 from 1974, featuring the Black Panther. Woo! And joining us this week, uh, another return guest. He's making his second appearance. Uh, <laughs> the world know, used to know him as Pork Carrot. <laughs> but this week, we're just going to call him Bob. <laughs> so, Bob, are you there? I am here. There he Woo! is, Bob. Our buddy Bob. And for those who uh, remember, he's a longtime listener of the LCS Hockey Show and that whole world, the Ed Show and everything. And uh, last time he was on, he discussed uh, Doctor Strange. And that was your pick, Bob. I almost called you Pork Carrot, but we're going Bob. <laughs> <laughs> that was your pick. <laughs> Doctor Strange. So, uh, and I think last time you were on, you mentioned that you would also be interested in doing some Black Panther. So I'm like, all right, I picked the Black Panther. So I gave you a call and boom, you're up to doing it again. So thanks for joining us again, Bob. <laughs> you're very welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> See, before the show, you said it's weird uh, when we call you Pork Hair, but now I'm thinking it's weirder when we call you Bob. It might just be. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Bob, uh, how are you a big fan of the Black Panther? Uh, I am, yes. I've read... Um, I wouldn't say a lot, but a good amount of Black Panther comics. And yeah, I dig it. Now, have you ever read Jungle Action before? Yes, I've read the entire Jungle Action before. And after reading this issue, I was like, oh, I'm going to read this, the Panther's Rage storyline again. And, yeah. and I ran out of time, so I only got like eight issues into it. Yeah, this is like the big famous storyline for Black Panther, the Rage of the Panther. And it mm -hmm. was in uh, Jungle Action. Mike L., what's your history with the Black Panther? You know, I... I'd, I'd only read maybe a handful of issues, including like his Fantastic Four appearances. But after the movie came out, I'd heard a lot about this run. And so to be honest, about, I guess, two years ago, I did start to read it, but I sputtered out at number nine. So this is kind of a coincidence that we did number 10. Uh, <laughs> Why did you sputter out? I'm not saying I didn't like it, but it just oh, didn't it. hold my interest enough. Huh. Um, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. All right, so uh, first let's get some background on the Jungle Action, because I'm sure most people aren't familiar with this title. Uh, there's actually been two Jungle Action series. The first one was published by Atlas Comics in 1954 and 55, and Mike L., uh, Atlas Comics just became Marvel, correct? Yeah, uh, it w uh, Marvel was originally Timely, then it became Atlas, then it became Marvel, and then in the 70s there was another Atlas. It was like another startup by, I think it was the same guy, Martin Goodman, he went off on his own and started his own Atlas comics. Okay, so the first uh, Jungle Action series, it featured characters. Uh, it ran for six issues, and it was like an omnibus. There was like uh, a bunch of stories in one issue, you know, like mm -hmm. a bunch of characters. So uh, the main character, one of the main characters were, was Lozar, Lord of the Jungle. Okay. It's basically Kazar. Okay, yeah. Uh, then you had Jungle Boy, Leopard Girl, <laughs> Manu the Mighty. Who was a gorilla, and uh, Serpo, a serpent, who was like a villain in all their stories. So that was the first Jungle Action, and then the second series was published by Marvel in 1972, and the first five issues of the Atlas Jungle Action were just reprinted. And mm. basically, they were what they were doing was they were just trying to take uh, comic book shelf space away from competitors. Sure. So they just wanted to have another book there that Marvel had 
So DC couldn't get that space. That's basically the whole point of Jungle Action. But then after the first five issues, uh, a fellow named Don McGregor, who is the writer of this issue, he was a proofreader at Marvel, and he was proofreading these Jungle Action reprints, and he's like, hey, why are all these stories set in African jungle starring white people? Mm-hmm. And I said, huh, that's a very good point. Why don't you write some original content for this stuff now? So he goes, all right. Uh, and they gave him the Black Panther to use. So he started writing Black Panther stories. And so starting with issue six of Jungle Action, it's uh, the Black Panther takes over. And I think, when did it end? Like uh, Jungle Action, like issue 23, maybe? Is that when it ended? I think. I don't, I'm not sure. I, I do know that this storyline was technically never ended. Right, Bob? Yeah, uh, this storyline, it's weird. Um, so they they basically just ended this book and then started a new Black Panther line like a month or two later with Jack Kirby. And then he did like 10 issues or something and then did a few more and then they ended that and then they picked up in Marvel Premiere and wrapped up both stories together, which was chaos. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, well, technically this story, the Rage of the Panther story did conclude. This story did. Sorry. The, yeah. oh, okay, okay. the story they were telling at the end of Jungle Action didn't. Correct. That story. I, wait, I have the notes here somewhere. Um, the second story began, I think, in issue 17. And it started. It was Black Panther versus the Klan. Yeah. How about that? Ah. The first th- the first 13 issues of the run were Rage of the Panther storyline. And it was basically the first graphic novel because it was like uh, the first self-contained multi-issue story arc in comics, basically. Mm-hmm. Like you would have two or three issue story arcs, but this is like a, a massive endeavor. 13 issues, you know, so basically 200 pages. And it's, a no- it's basically a, a visualized novel. And the second arc was Black Panther vs. the Klan, but the series was canceled before the story was finished. Then Black Panther got his own series in 1977, as Bob mentioned, written and drawn by Jack Kirby. But then uh, Kirby wanted to work with new characters, so he left after 12 issues, and the series ended with issue 15. Uh, Then he got a four-issue miniseries in 1988. Then he appeared in several issues of Marvel Comics Presents in 1989. He didn't get a regular series again until 1998. Wow. I I guess we should mention Black Panther's first appearance was in Avengers issue 52. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I read that wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Fantastic Four 52. Right. In 1966. And then he joined the Avengers in Avengers issue 52 in 1968. Hmm. So, yeah. Fantastic Four. What was, do you remember the story there in Fantastic Four, Michael? How he was introduced? I just know that I, I think it, the FF either went to Wakanda or something happened, but they ended up crossing his path. And at first, the Black Panther, I think, was attacking them. And they thought he was a bad guy. But then they, they found out, I can't remember why, but it was. Either he was testing them or whatever, and then it just went from there. Yeah, I've read it before, and I don't remember all the details, but it was something like that, where he was he wanted to see if he was as good as the Fantastic Four or something. Right, right. Yeah, they came <laughs> over, and he fought them. Right. Yeah, Black Panther's real name is T'Challa, and he is the king and protector of Wakanda, a secluded African nation with advanced technology due to uh, vibranium. Now, Bob, do you know how vibranium came to be in Wakanda? I believe it was just a massive comet that landed. I don't know if they've gone into more detail. Maybe they have. Yeah, it was like a meteor. It came down and landed. <laughs> and you're at that point. It kind of went uh, 
the meteor had all kinds of radiation <clears throat> and it started making people go nuts. And uh, the, the local Wakanda people thought they were like demon spirits. So this is, you know, this is generations before T'Challa. So the leader of the tribe there, he ate the, er- the heart-shaped herb, which gave him powers of the Black Panther and the Black Panther cult. And he became the first Black Panther. This herb gives you like superhuman strength and stuff and agility and speed and endurance. And he led them to victory over these demon spirits. And then they started to harness vibranium for their weapons and their technology. So that guy became the first Black Panther. And then the Black Panther has always been the leader of Wakanda throughout the generations. And then T'Challa eventually took over the role. Mike L, do you know uh, T'Challa's like backstory with his family and stuff? Not much, to be honest. Mostly just from the movie. Yeah, it's basically the same thing. Right, Bob, are you familiar with this history? I know some here and there, but I don't know like what's canon history. Like there's I know in the Jack Kirby story he's got some family members and it's a ridiculous storyline and I don't remember even the details of it. So I'm yeah, that, no, I don't really know his family that well. It's basically what was in the movie essentially. Like you know, the power struggles with his dad dies and then it's similar. But mm-hmm. uh it's the same stuff you always hear. But you mentioned the Jack Kirby series. I reviewed a Jack Kirby issue uh, for your website, Michael, in a right. fantasy column. And this is another reason why every, I know I get it. Everyone loves Jack Kirby. I get it. But he was terrible at Black Panther. Oh, it was like, awful. It's yeah, so bad. it was so bad. Like, yeah, yeah cli- critically not acclaimed, definitely. No. So I, we'll talk about we have We've never done a Jack Kirby issue here on the show. That's true. So maybe someday we'll get into it. Um, but, uh, yeah, Black Panther was created by Kirby and Stanley. Originally, it was going to be called the Cole Panther. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And in this, and in this issue at the end of it, there's like pinups of the original design that Kirby had for the Black Panther. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not the best design there, eh? Like a circus costume. I don't know. Not so good. All right. So what else about Wakanda? Uh, they, it's located in Northeast Africa and, what I read, it said 18 United Tribes. Has that, has that number grown over the years? I don't know. If, I don't seem to recall 18 tribes early on. But um, Well, in the movie, there was only like a few. something, yeah. Something like that, yeah. But uh, apparently it's up to 18. I don't know. Uh, the, you mentioned the Black Panther cults. Uh, Black Panther is always the head of state of Wakanda. So I think we're good. Anything else about Wakanda we should know? I, again, they're advanced technology. They have all these fancy... Uh, weapons and gadgets all because of vibranium and uh well yeah and i I think the reason why i'm i don't know much about black panther is because you know i was growing up in the mid to late 80s and then on but like you said black panther did not have his own comic for like you know 20 years so i just never really came across him so oh when i was a kid i loved him because uh i was familiar with him through the avengers okay okay and but uh and I loved his costume. He was just cool. So I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. Black Panther. Uh, I'm trying to think what else we need to know about the Black Panther. Uh, well, another character in this book we'll be uh, discussing today, uh, Monica Lynn. She's basically Black Panther's girlfriend. Uh, she first appeared in Avengers 73, 1970, created by Roy Thomas, Herb Trimp, and Frank Giacoa. Is that right, Michael? Giacoa? Uh, yeah, Giacoa, Giacoa. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, but Monica was a jazz singer in New York City, and Panther met her there, uh, while he, and he saved her from the Sons of the Serpent. 
because for a while, Black Panther T'Challa came over to New York City to study because he's a he's a real smart guy too. He's like a chemist and a physicist and all that kind of stuff. So he was over here going to college in New York, and he met her. So in this issue, he's brought Monica back to Wakanda. So there's tension there about outsiders coming into their homeland and stuff like that. Then another guy we got to discuss, Baron McCabe. Baron McCobb, I guess yeah. would be the other way. I was thinking of Brian McCabe, <laughs> former New York Islanders defenseman. <laughs> Baron McCobb. Uh, Jungle Action number 9, 1974, created by Don McGregor. Uh, so the previous issue he premiered. This is a fella who was exposed to the Resurrection Altar. I don't know what that is. And now he can raise the dead and turn humans into zombies. And he has bracelets that shoot lasers. Which is always what you're looking for when you're in the market for a bracelet. <laughs> Did you mention that at one point Black Panther was called Black Leopard? Well, yes. That's another point we should mention is the Black Panther name for the comic book predated the Black Panther political organization. Mm. So when the, the Black Panther political organization came into prominence... They briefly toyed with the idea of calling him Black Leopard. And I think that was in the pages of Avengers, right? Where he said, call me Black Leopard. I think and so, yeah. It lasted maybe one or two issues. And they're like, yeah, that's stupid. So they yeah. just went back to calling him Black Panther. So it's for the best. All right. Bob, any other Black Panther info you'd like to share? Uh, not really related to this issue, at least. I mean, <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm curious why you chose this issue. I mean, I guess we can get into that later, but... Oh, two words. King Cadaver. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to him later. But this is the first appearance of King Cadaver. <laughs> Where do you get a load of this guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, right. I was, I was going to point out, the issue before this was drawn by Gil Kane. Yes. So that would have been... I mean. That was the, my favorite issue of the ones I read, So, but I'll get to that later. Well, this issue uh, is written by Don McGregor and drawn by Billy Graham. Yes, the wrestler. Uh, no, 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 no. Oh. Uh, this is the irreverent Billy Graham. The Reverend uh, Billy Graham? <laughs> no, the irreverent <laughs> oh. Billy Graham. That's what they called him in the Marvel bullpen. But he's one of the first uh, like prominent black creators in comics, at least cool. uh, in this era. He was the only... Well, we'll get into it later when we talk about his career. But they didn't have any black people creators on <clears throat> the entire Marvel staff, so they wanted someone to work for uh, on the Black Panther. So they re went out and got him and brought him into Marvel just so he could work on the Black Panther. So they could say they had a black creator. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about Billy Graham here in a minute. Uh, but this issue is called King Cadaver is Dead and Living in Wakanda. Tremendous <laughs> title. Yep. And let's talk about the cover here, Michael, because I love this cover. Me too. Gil King cover, yeah. Um, I mean, starting at the top, we've got this title, Jungle Action, featuring the Black Panther. we got this awesome picture, you know, of the Black Panther coming out at you. But then we have this really, really cool cover design of uh, Black Panther. You know, he's poised. He's just fought all these guys, and his costume's all ripped up. But the cool thing is right behind him, you have this panther head but it's uh i don't really call this like it's almost like negative color right like the the black lines what would be the black lines are yellow and what would have been like the whatever you'd call that the fill is black so it's just a really really cool design that you didn't see in comics especially back then and yeah, and the solid background color blood red right and uh also notice you mentioned his costume is tattered 
Now, at this point in time, he's just wearing a normal costume. Later, he gets the vibranium outfit because uh, that would never mm. tear. You no. Know, mm. Like the modern vibranium outfit. Um, and uh, there is a text on the cover. It says, uh, the African Avenger strikes again as King Cadaver is dead and living in Wakanda. <laughs> uh, Bob, what do you think of the cover? Uh, it's a really great cover. I mean, yes. other, other than the title, it's a really great oh, cover. I love, yeah. cover. I love the title even. I love it. <laughs> and, and I even love uh, like the title, the way it's the, the font and everything. And then the little like t- picture of Black Panther up in the corner. He's in a circle. Like, what, have we ever decided what they call that, Michael? The little picture of the characters well, underneath? Well, I, I used to call it the corner box, but I mean, that's a circle. So yeah, I don't corner know circle. Yeah. But, but it's a cool picture of him in there. And uh, this issue is only 25 cents. Mm-hmm. 25 cents. <laughs> and the title is repeated in, the, in that ribbon at the top, Jungle Action. Yeah, you Jungle know? Action featuring Black Panther and then Jungle Action Marvel Comics Group. And if you're scoring at home, it was approved by the Comics Code. Yep. That. And this is Gil Kane. Did we mention that? Yes, Gil Kane cover. I love Gil Kane, yeah. All right, so Mike L., they, uh, I, I should mention uh, maybe in the previous issue it ended with Black Panther encountering like these zombies and uh, Baron uh, Macabre and uh, he, he, he fought them because he's looking for uh, a lady in Wakanda said her husband went missing so he went looking for her husband mm. and he found that he was murdered by these like zombie like dudes but he barely escaped and now he's trying to regroup at the edge of a river right and, uh, take it away Mike L so yeah so He's chilling out at the edge of this river, but he doesn't have much time to, you know, to himself because he's immediately attacked by an alligator. Is this an alligator or a crocodile? Hey, it's a crocodile. Crocodile, pardon me. Yeah. And um, it's cool because we see the title of the comic, which is King Cadaver is Dead and Living in Wakanda. And as he's fighting this crocodile, the, he and the crocodile and the text are reflected in the yeah. river, which is really cool. Yes. And um, and so he's fighting this thing, and we get some very, very detailed narration of what's happening. Yes. And my favorite thing is, is this part, when he, when, when he says he can feel dead leeches, dried, yep. dehydrated shells beneath <laughs> his fingers, leeches that have infested the behemoth's mouth, which is probably why it was landward to begin with, spending the afternoon hours with its jaws agape the African sun sucking the juices from the parasites that infect its gums. Like a lot of effort put into that. eh? It's like yeah. a typical comic book narration. So <laughs> I agree. We'll talk about yeah. Don McGregor later. Yeah. Uh, but I, I was stuff. a big fan of that. Uh, hey, Bob, what'd you think of this uh, opening with the, with the crocodile fighting the black Panther? Um, it's kind of great. And also kind of weird. As, as I mentioned, I've been rereading the storyline and, like almost every issue just starts with him randomly fighting an animal or yes. just something random that has <laughs> nothing to do with the story continuing for like two or three pages of just fight. Well, let me just remind you, Bob, the name of the book is Jungle Action. You're, you need you're some, not wrong. You need some red hot jungle action right at the top. Yeah, yeah, it's like, but the previous issue, I think, ended, like you said, him fighting zombies and him finding out that um, Monica is accused of oh, murder. Yeah, I and, forgot to mention that. Which we'll get to that. But then this issue just starts with him fighting a crocodile. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the previous issue, Bob, if I remember correctly, uh, he fought a rhino. Uh, one of these issues he did. I don't remember which one. But yeah, there is one where he fights a rhino. <laughs> it's awesome. Just every issue, just beating up jungle uh, animals. 
So yeah, but he eventually uh, overpowers the uh, crocodile, Michael, and he, and he kills it. He breaks its jaw. He busts yes. its jaw. Yes. And he, uh, what's his name? His uh, chieftain, Taku, his Taku. communications commander, kind of comes in and he, it's, it's, it's the narration is explaining that he hears him and then he sees him and then he keeps fighting the crocodile. And then, yeah, he breaks his jaw with his feet, right? Like he cracks yeah. it open. Yeah, he and, holds on to the top of the jaw and then uses his two feet to kick the bottom jaw and snaps. Right, it. right. And then uh, Taku kind of helps him up. And then, uh, and then they're good. And then there's, there's chilling out by the river, you know, again, chatting, talking. And, uh, well, they're talking about Killmonger and all right. kind of other stuff. And, right. uh, and they're talking about, uh, I guess he's having trouble because w- w- he is the king of Wakanda. So he's having trouble like political issues with mm. his advisors. And as Bob mentioned, one of his advisors was murdered and people think that, uh, Black Panther's girlfriend, Monica is the one that killed him. So right. there's all kinds of controversy going on. Right. So, yeah, he's like, that's why I came looking for you, T'Challa. It's about Miss Lynn, your guest. But, uh, they accused her of murdering Z- Zatama. She asked to see you. So, yeah, so that's what's going on here. So they're chatting it up. And then basically we cut back to uh, the, uh, what is this, like the castle or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, big palace. Yeah, right. the palace. And then, uh, so this is uh, so this is now T'Challa again, right? Talking yes. to he's out of his Black Panther his, outfit. He, yeah. he's just in his normal underpants and cape. <laughs> it, looks, it looks a little <laughs> bit like Kirby's original vest. design. <laughs> What's that, Bob? And this weird vest chainmail thing too is really great. <laughs> now, is this how you lounge around the house, Bob? And it's usually, around? yeah. I, I generally have some type of vest <laughs> and a large cape. And his girlfriend Monica is looking very sad in like a seventies kind of chair. Yeah, and basically she's being blamed for this murder, so she's sad, as she says, she's frightened. And so, you know, he's trying to figure out what's going on, what really happened. And uh, you know, hugging, kissing. And then basically then we cut over to another scene. And then he's uh, sitting on his throne and he's uh, talking with, uh, who is this here? This is one of his advisors. Uh, yeah. That guy, his name is Wakabi. And yes. There, there is a servant girl there and her name is Tenzika. Right. And there, I don't even know what the heck they were talking about here. Oh, this is well, where... Um, well, he's the Wakabi. He's all mad because, uh, you know, that guy, his other advisor guy, Zatama, was murdered last issue. And Wakabi's like, you know, your girlfriend did this. Why are you holding this up? Right. We need the prosecutor. We need to get her, you know. And and he's trying to calm him down and say, hey, you know, calm down. Hey, <laughs> Maybe you killed Zatama. Right, Maybe right. you're the one who did this. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, so then he basically he's like, well, I'm going to go back to uh, where this murder happened. I'm going to try and... Well, uh, well, because at the bottom of that page, Michael, the, the lady uh, who, the wife of the fellow who disappeared appears, and he has to break the news to her that, yeah, he found her, and he's dead. Yes, that's right. She didn't even know up until this point, right? So then he goes back to the cemetery where this murder happened. I don't understand why he, the dead body's just laying there all this time. Well, because what else is it going to do? It's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Mystery solved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, they rarely, they rarely get up and leave. <laughs> so. Good point. So then he goes back there and he starts talking to this dead body. He's like, I'm sorry I could not return to you sooner, Mumjumbak. Tonight, tonight, I will take you back home and away from this hellish place. But then something unexpected happens. These 
creatures start coming out of the graves and uh, sticking their hands out and then attacking him. So he has to start fighting back. Yep. So he's like, so he's fighting them and he's, he's talking as he's fighting and he's like, I will not be driven away, not by these corpses, nor their leader, Baron McCabe or McCobb, however you want to pronounce it, right? Just not Brian McCabe, right. former <laughs> so, defenseman, Toronto right. Maple Leafs. <laughs> he played for a lot of teams. <laughs> and then he's getting violent here. He's like sticking, uh, he's like basically, he's like, you know, getting difficult to breathe. Is it perhaps you were only one of the ones who watched Munjubak die? I'll bet his death meant nothing to you, did it? So yeah, he's getting pretty tough in there. And and the key thing here is he thinks all these people were just dressed like this. He thinks it's all costume and makeup and like uh, Tom Fuller. He doesn't realize. But I think uh, Bob, these are really like zombie like humans, right? I'm not even totally sure to tell you the truth. <laughs> I've it, read I've read a few more issues into it, and I believe they're resurrected zombies. But yeah, it's even- yeah, like he thinks it's all fake. Like uh, that Baron Macabre guy is just theatrics. He calls it theatrics. Mm-hmm. But yeah, these are actually zombie-like creatures. So yeah. it's much cooler. Yeah. So then, yeah. So then he's like, okay, well, I'm gonna. He's like, um, he goes underground. I don't quite understand how he gets there. It looks like he just well, through the, the ground. The guy he's interrogating tells him under the graves, just uh, you know, the, there's tunnels that lead down to King Cadaver. So I, I think there was just a hole there from when they came up. Yeah. So he just jumps in where they came up through. Right. So then he jumps down, and then uh, and then we get this gigantic splash page. Yes. Ever. <laughs> this is my favorite pretty, thing ever. Yeah, it's pretty freaking cool. Yeah. He's like sitting on the throne. What's that? The art here is spectacular. Yeah, it is pretty good. Like it oh, almost reminds much. me of like Neil Adams or something. But yeah, this is really good. So how do I, like so this guy? How do I describe him? He's like <laughs> he's got a gigantic head. Well, let's just say Black Panther is. Uh, he lands down in this room, and it's a mirrored room, so there's mirrors everywhere. Right. And Black Panther's in the bottom left corner of this big splash page, and over on the right side, we have uh, Baron Macabre, who we had met the previous issue, but w- this is the first time we're seeing him here. He looks kind of like a zombie guy with a skull face. And then we have King Cadaver sitting in his throne. Right. And describe King Cadaver, Michael. Well, <laughs> it almost looks like a... kind of like... The top half looks like the fly, like a giant fly, but a little bit, a little bit, like big eyes and like hair on top of his head and green. But then he has a normal nose and a normal mouth, but his head is gigantic, pretty gigantic. And then he's wearing like, you know, I don't know, a cape, a red costume with like with a necklace with a skull on it. A re- yeah, ha- red, red costume and a bright yellow cape. Right, right. And he's got like his hands are like his skin and his hands are all green and they look kind of normal. But then he's got like, you know, what's that called? Like fur, just kind of like for his boots or whatever. <laughs> yeah. What do you want to call that? Bob, what's your take on King Cadaver? How would you uh, describe him? <laughs> <laughs> I guess is like, it, it, I guess the best way to describe him is he looks like uh, Ken Griffey Jr. in that Simpsons episode where he gets <laughs> scientism and his head blows up. Except That's green. A- that's an interesting comparison, yeah. Like as I'm looking at, it, I'm realizing that's what it looks like. He's just—it's like a normal muscular body with a really big, like, puffed-up head. Yeah, and it's covered, and it looks like it's covered in like moss and like fungus. And, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, and he big two big bulging eyes, and Michael, you said he has like a normal mouth, but 
The mouth is very weird, too. It's a big, smiley mouth. Well, yeah, he, he is smiling, yes. <laughs> yeah, with big <laughs> teeth. And, uh, but, <laughs> it's, but it's human, though. Now, can we all agree this is the greatest character in the history of comic books? <laughs> He's pretty cool. He's pretty cool. I'll give you that. <laughs> he is amazing. King Cadaver. Like, I, I don't know. Like, he's supposed to be frightening and funny. I, I don't know, but it's he's just awesome. That's all I got to say. Just he's pretty awesome. cool. All right. So then on the next page, Mike L., uh, what happens there? there? Well, there's a lot of ads painting through a lot of ads. Yeah. So, you're, yeah, you have to skip <laughs> through like five ads. And then um, basically, he's just, uh, you know, turn again, Panther, as many times as you wish. Turn to any of the mirror images. The king is there. So he's basically trying to figure out what's going on. He's all disorientated, right? Yeah, he's trying to hit uh, King Cadaver is like trying to hypnotize him and uh, mind control him. He's trying right. to get in, break down his defenses. Right. Working his, getting in his kitchen, as we like to say, yeah. <laughs> in the hockey world. <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, Black Panther's like, no, I will not. I will not let you do this. Monica, Monica, she once told me, she said, you must see beneath the surface, surface images. So yeah, so he's fighting back, right? Because he's yeah, he starts weapon. punching through the mirrors. There's right. mirrors everywhere, and he's just shattering all the mirrors. Right, and then finally he makes his way to uh, King Cadaver's buddy. What's his name again? Baron Macab. Right. No, no. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. Yeah. And he grabs him, and then his head, his uh, his head smashes, and then underneath it's a regular guy. Yeah. Just a mask. That's all it was. Perhaps less hideous than the face beneath it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's just taking a shot at him. But I mean, he looks like a handsome man. I don't. He does. <laughs> fella. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So he again. He this goes into what he's been saying all along. It's all just theatrics. You know, they're right. all wearing masks and everything. But then we get a great shot on the next page of Black Panther running towards King Cadaver, and look at King Cadaver poised for action. Right. Look at that. Like a coiled spring. <laughs> and then, and then, yeah, and then Black Panther jumps on him. He's like, "I'm gonna find out as soon as I rip this mask off your face." The yeah. swollen, inhuman face squirms beneath his clutching hands, and his voice is is lost. Cadaver's face is not a mask. So yeah, so this is when he realizes <laughs> he's really like this, right? Yeah. Now, now, Bob, were you terrified when you read that? Were you like, I, oh my god? Yeah, I couldn't sleep last night. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a mask. What the fuck? Yeah. So then, <laughs> so then, yeah, this is it. Like it kind of like you flip to the next page, and that's actually the last page. Is he's uh, he's in the middle of fighting him. He punches him. He flips him over, and then he smashes through the uh, the floor here or the wall. The and glass then he, mirror, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he realizes he's like those weapons, Macab's wrist lasers. All of them were stolen from our own weapons depot. Killmonger's been raiding right in the heart of Central Wakanda, and he's used our own weapons to slaughter us. Yeah, uh, yeah. He beats King Cadaver by finding a strap from uh, Baron Macab's costume on the ground, and he wraps it around King Cadaver's giant melon. Right. So he forces him to close his eyes. So if Cadaver's eyes are shut, he can't like use the hypnotizing stuff, I guess, on him. And then he flings him through the last mirror to shatter the mirror, and then that's when he finds the underground base. But basically, Killmonger is amassing th this army and weapons to try and take over Wakanda. Right, That's happening. So, uh, and then next issue, Lord Carnage. Mm -hmm. He has more than just a taste for blood. All <laughs> these uh, crazy names and crazy characters. And then after that, we get the pinups. That's they right. Some uh, the Black Panther, the original Jack Kirby sketch, and his costumes like yellow, 
and pinstriped and black legs, black arms, yellow gloves, red cape. Those very cool strange. So those boots are great. <laughs> you like the boots? They look like the like swimming flippers, like the whatever you call those. <laughs> like Or kind of like the socks they give you in hospitals so you don't slip. I don't little, know. Yeah. <laughs> yellow with black stripes. Then there's a big picture of Killmonger. The original design for Killmonger looking all badass. Yeah, it's pretty cool. With like an afro mullet. That's yeah. a rare combination. Uh-huh. The afro mullet. It's so good. I love the design of Killmonger. It's just ridiculous and wonderful in every way. <laughs> yeah, he's got like white pants, uh, no top, but he's got like a red strap across his chest with spikes and red straps on his wrist with spikes. Yeah, Killmonger. Um, and then next issue in Jungle Action, and they show a little preview of it. And uh, they show that, that guy, what's his name? Whatever the fuck his name was. Uh, Lord, Lord Carnage. Lord right. Carnage. And he's a bald fellow with a cape. And everyone's got capes in Wakanda. And look at those guns. Dig those guns, Bob. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, what to... They're revolvers, but each revolver has a barrel in it, so it doesn't have to revolve. It's, <laughs> it's very, very advanced sh- technology. <laughs> yeah, vibranium ain't no joke. Um, yeah. And by the way, vibranium, that's what uh, Captain America's shield is made from, correct? Well, in the comics, I believe it's a uh, alloy of vibranium and adamantium together. Oh, all right, yeah. there you go. Um, so there it is. Uh, yeah, these jungle action issues—they're only about seventeen pages. The stories, um, so it was a little quick. But <laughs> yeah. Holy hell! I love this. All right, uh, let's let's talk about the writing here. Don McGregor. Uh, he was born in Providence, Rhode Island, 1945. His first comics work was for Warren Publishing's Black and White Horror Comics in 1971. Like I mentioned, he became a proofreader for Marvel in 1972. He was earning 125 bucks a week. Mm. That's good money. I'll take <laughs> that. Uh, his first story was in Journey into Mystery number 4, 1973. Uh, he also wrote Kill Raven, Warrior of the Worlds, and Amazing Adventures 2 in 1973. Michael, have you ever heard of Kill Raven, Warrior of Worlds? I've definitely heard of Kill Raven. I don't think I've ever read it, though. Yeah, because apparently it got some acclaim when it came out. Uh, oh, people were really impressed by it or something. I don't know. Uh, he wrote the entire Black Panther jungle action run. And in 1977, he wrote an Edgar Allan Poe ad- ad- adaptation for Marvel uh, Classic Comics number 28. And that issue, Michael, was the first published work of one Michael Golden. Get out of town. So you love Michael Golden. Yeah, definitely do. In August 1978, he teamed with artist Paul Gulacy yeah. to create Saber. Oh, okay. It was a sci-fi swashbuckling story. And it was the first graphic novel ever. First true graphic novel. Saber. Really? Well, one of them. I guess there's some debate. Yeah, there's some. There's a few other contenders for that title. But it was one of them. Okay. And I'm going to say it's the first because I like Don McGregor. All right. Uh, he also wrote Black Panther, Panther's Prey, a limited series, four issues in 1991. And then he wrote the first three issues of Blade in 1998. Really? Yeah, that's something. <laughs> Uh, Bob, what did you think of Don McGregor's writing here? Uh, I think it's very good. I really yeah. love the story. I agree. It's uh, Mike L mentioned a lot of narration. It is very narration heavy. I would mm-hmm. say it's at least 50-50, right? Narration and dialogue and stuff. Like, oh, yeah. There's, yes. a, there's a lot of narration. It might even be 60-40 narration. And like when I was reading about Don McGregor's background, it doesn't seem like he has like a literary background in terms of like 
studying creative writing or anything, but this was very well written. Like the first two pages, it was dangerously close to being overwritten at times, mm. <laughs> but because um, the great writing, you don't want it to know that it's writing, but uh, I still was very impressed by this. Um, yeah, I, I was I definitely sorry. Go ahead, Mike Dell. Well, I was just going to say, what do you think, Mike? Well, I definitely think the writing was good, but I, I think it like when you said it borders on overwritten, it's like that's I think the issue is that ideally in a comic book, you should be able to follow what's going on without even reading, right? You should at least be able to sort of well, tell what's going on. There's a few instances where, like, for example, you know, um, when, when he tells the girl what's going on, like, when he tells the girl that his husband's been murdered, if that was by, say, John Buscema or somebody, I think there would have been a lot more storytelling just with the images and with the body language. Well, I think there was. Like, I mean, I'm not saying it's... I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that it's not uh, ideal for me. Like the balance is yeah. a little tipped a little bit in favor of the narrative. Yes, it's definitely narration heavy and uh, it explain it basically explains what's happening in the art a lot. Right. Like, the art doesn't tell the story on its own. So it but it's like a different style, I would say. Right, right. You know what I mean? And yeah, you may not like it or it may not be your preference, but uh, I think what they did here was interesting. Yes. Because you don't see a lot of books like this. No. Um, and, and, and like, uh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and if you do see a narration heavy book, it's not written this well. No, you're right. And that's the thing is usually when comics are over, like if there's too much narration, it's usually just over explaining what you see. But in here, they're expanding on it. Like the, the whole part that I read about the leeches, that's something yes. you could never get just from the <laughs> art. Know. So, that that's a great way to expand on the detail and the history, you know, not the history, but you know, the depth of what's going on. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And the descriptions were very well done. And, uh, but it is a different style of, and keep in mind, this is 1974. Right. So this was way in the midst of all, all that campy writing and stuff that we've been talking about with Roy Thomas and everything. Like, Hey, this is like literary right? Like stuff he's doing here. Uh, Bob, any other thoughts on the what McGregor did here? Um, I mean, yeah, just kind of following up on what you guys were saying. Yes, that that's part of the reason I love this so much. Is it, it is it still feels early seventies, but it's not campy like that. I, and yeah, I I understand where Mike L is coming from because it's not like a traditional comic book storytelling um, type. But mm. I really love it. I mean, it could be because I read a lot of books. Yeah, kid. it's like uh, I said, it's very, uh, very literary. literary. Yeah, and, I really like it. So when they call this like the actually the unofficial first graphic novel, you can see it's almost like a, a serialization of a novel. Um, right. It, it's almost like a short story written with art to accompany it more than a comic book. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's yeah. really very close to that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But I still really liked it. And uh, I was very impressed by Don McGregor. Very impressed. Because I've never read any of his other stuff. Um, so Now, did you read any of the other stories in this um, in this storyline? Or did you just read this issue? I just read this issue. Like, about two years ago, I read the first, or maybe a year or so ago, I read the first two issues of Rage of Panther. And then I stopped for whatever reason. And then I read this one. So I, I still... You know, there's big gaps there. <laughs> I need to fill well, in. Like three issues after this, he fights a giant monkey. Oh, <laughs> I mean, technically it's a giant gorilla, but still, he's fighting. Look out! So <laughs> I know that's not enough to pull you in. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Another giant monkey story. Sign me up. 
<laughs> We're going to do it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, for the artist, Billy Graham, he was born in 1935. Sadly, he passed away in 1997. Uh, I mentioned he was one of the first prominent African-American creators of Marvel. Uh, he graduated from New York City's Music and Art High School. And if uh, you're familiar with the TV show Fame, that's basically what that high school inspired there. So he's really? basically Fame. Uh, he also started at Warren Publishing doing black and white horror comics and his first work was a story in Vampirella number one 1969 Uh, publisher James Warren of Warren Publishing uh, named Billy Graham the company's art director not long after he brought him in he was like 24 25 something like that and he was he was the art director wow Uh, how about that well I guess he's older than that he was let me do the math here 34 (laughs) but all right still uh, shortly after he hired him, he uh, made him the art director. Uh, and, and Billy Graham, you know, he was, he's like, I can't be, I don't know anything about that. But he's like, it's all right. He'll be the art director. <laughs> Did a good job. So he joined Marvel in 1972 and he started inking Luke Cage, Hero for Hire, number one. And oh, yeah, I, I said they wanted a black creator for Black Panther. They wanted a black creator for Luke Cage, Hero for Hire. Ah, okay. So he came in to ink that and then he eventually took over the art on that as well and he inked or drew the first 17 issues of the title and uh he did jungle actions 10 through 22 from 74 to 76 uh then he went over and followed uh mcgregor his buddy mcgregor to eclipse because that saber graphic novel was for eclipse and then they did a a regular series of saber and billy graham drew issues three of nine of that from 82 to 84 and his final work was Power Man and Iron Fist, number 114 in 1985. Really? And after, after he left comics, he, uh, we mentioned he went to that famed high school. He was re- really into drama and plays, uh, so he started uh, writing his own plays and uh, producing his own plays. And really? he, he, he became more famous for that. Like, he worked in Hollywood uh, with people. He did a lot of, like, bit, like, extra roles in movies. He would pop up in different movies, and he knew a lot of uh, actors and stuff. So he was more in like the the theater crowd than the comics crowd. So, huh. yeah, Billy Graham. Uh, Bob, what do you think of Billy Graham's art here? Uh, for what it is, I love it. There are panels that I really love. I mean, yeah. the ridiculousness of um, Lord Cadaver, King Cadaver, King Cadaver. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly. What I'm looking for, but I can appreciate what he's doing. But some of the other panels, like when he's in the graveyard, I love that art. It's almost horror comic in there. Yeah, so, sometimes you get a little wonky with the, uh, like the one when he's fighting the zombies, like a little weird the way he's kicking that guy and stuff. But well, um, yeah, there's there's issues, and anatomical issues occasionally, but but it's still really good stuff. And like you mentioned that that splash page of King Cadavers, spectacular. And then, Mike L., you mentioned that opening splash page of uh, the reflection in the water of fighting yep. the alligator. Like, like, who would even think to do that? That was amazing. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. And he, he's also, keep in mind, again, this is 1974. And look what, he, what he's doing with some of these panel designs and page layouts. Um, this is pretty innovative stuff uh, for 1974. And, like, also um, that scene when he's leaping towards um, King Cadaver. Yeah. And, and it's, like, that is a great shot. Like, and the fact that, like we were saying, the art is a little bit inconsistent. I wonder if he just spent more time on certain pages than others, or I don't know what. But there's definitely a Neil Adams vibe I see. You know, like it's very realistic art. It was actually a lot better than I thought it would be. 
we should also mention the inker here is Claus Jansen. Oh, okay. Right. Real early, this is real early Claus Jansen stuff. Um, Bob McLeod also did a lot. Of, did some of the inking during uh, the Jungle uh, Action Rage of the great. Panther stuff. So, um, but yeah, I I was a big fan of the Billy Graham art. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, again, you get the great Gil Kane cover. And, yes, uh, interior okay. art's great. This is your just great. This is just great classic comic book art. I think uh-huh. it's awesome. Like the heroes, they're, they're dynamic. They're fluid in their movements. Uh, the fight scenes are cool. So, I'm a big fan of this, Michael. Big, big fan. Okay. Uh, well, anything else <laughs> we'd like to say about Black Panther, Bob? Uh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I could talk about Black Panther a lot, but it's not related to this story. So, well, probably. that's all right. Talk about. Did you read other Black Panther stuff? Uh, yeah, I've read most of. I've I've never read like the Avengers um, stuff. I've barely read any Avengers or any Defenders. Anything was like team up ones. I don't really read those. Um, but I've read this. I read, like I said, all the Jack Kirby ones. I read about half of Christopher Priest's run. Um, hey, is- Chris, Christopher Priest, do you know who that is, Michael? Uh, Jim Owsley. Yeah, that's right. Right. James Changed Owsley. his name. Yeah. Yeah. Who was a Marvel editor and stuff back in the day. Yeah. Um, that no. runs great and terrible at the same time. So. <laughs> why? Why is it great and terrible? Um, like the ideas are really cool and it's cool stories, but it's told like the writing, the way it's written is awful, in my opinion. Okay. It's it's very um, there's a lot of '90s references, so yeah. it's very dated, and it's told from the perspective of uh, what's his name, the agent, the white guy in the movie played by Martin Friedman. Is that his name? Like a, yeah, I don't remember his name, but Ross, Agent Ross. Okay. So um, it, it's so all told from his perspective. He's the narrator, because yeah, what it is is it's Black Panther goes back to America. How how it starts is he goes back to New York um, to investigate something or other, and then an Agent Ross is his like CIA attaché. Um, and while that's happening, there's a coup in Wakanda, and then a lot of other things happen. But it's like told that he's the narrator. And he's a, um, he tells it in, I, for lack of a better word, a Pulp Fiction style, where he jumps around a lot and tells what happens in, like three issues down the line. And he's like, and literally like every other issue starts with, he like one or two pages describing something and be like, as usual, I'm getting ahead of myself. And he'll jump back to yeah. where the story was. And it's yeah. just very, I don't like the writing of it at all. But the the ideas are really good. So it's like, I don't know if it's they wanted to try something different and weird because they were writing comics in the 90s and they're like, we're going to tell it in a different way. But probably it could have been. Also, there's a fair amount of misogyny and homophobia in there, too. <laughs> so that's always good. It's the 90s. Yeah. Um, <laughs> y- you know what else would have made it better, uh, Bob, is if a couple pages into each issue, he just fights a crocodile. <laughs> that would have helped <laughs> a lot, actually. Yeah. Or a giant monkey. That would have been real good. I now have you read any of the more recent Black Panther stuff? Because they've been there's I don't know, Michael. Do you know how many different series there have been over the years? There's no. been a lot of different volumes of Black there's Panther. Like five series. or six or at more. least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried reading some of the newer stuff, and um, I don't know. I I can't even tell you the creators were or when this was, but it just seemed it was a little too dull for me. Like it seemed really. Uh, Are you talking about like the last five, like few years? Yeah. Yeah, I tried to read those. They were by that guy. What is his name? I can't remember the writer's name. I, I, I felt like it was really intelligent, but not entertaining. 
very dry. Yeah, very dry. Like I just did not enjoy the. But it's but done by one of my favorite artists, Chris Sprouse. So that's why I picked it up. So I love the art, but yeah, the writing was very dry. Bob, yeah, any ex- any experience with those? I haven't read that yet. I've um, I want to though. It's been on my list of things to get to. And during this stay-at-home quarantine, I've been reading uh-huh. comics, so that's been on my list of things to get to. Oh well, since we're we're on the topic there, Bob, uh, what have you been reading lately? Um, well, I read through all of uh, Sin City, um, oh. all those in graphic novels, and man, those are just spectacular. Oh, how about I, that? I love Frank Miller's art in those so much. Mm-hmm. It's very great. Um, I also read through the basically the second half of Daredevil Volume Two, which Michael would hate for so many reasons. What, what would that include, Daredevil Volume Two? Um, so basically, the story starts with, or I don't remember, somewhere early on in the run, um, Daredevil's identity gets outed in the tabloids, and so a lot of the story is about Matt Murdock denying he's Daredevil while still getting pulled into being daredevil um yeah who are the creators there uh so there are a lot of different people but the bulk of it was written by brian michael bendis yikes who i know myself (laughs) hates yeah (laughs) um and then i'm trying to think who i'm forgetting the name of there's another guy who did i don't know like a third of the issues as well is very well known but i'm forgetting his name is it ed rubaker yeah rubaker yeah he's good yeah yeah. So, but you I hate like you that. hate the way Brubaker changes things. They might go right, like the uh, stuff? Only some of them. Some of them. <laughs> I liked Winter Soldier, but I didn't like. Okay. Yeah. There, there's some. I don't know if it's quite retconning, but there's some stuff that when Brubaker t- takes over near the end of Volume Two, it's like ah, uh, this story's not so great, Brubaker. But I, unlike Michael, I really like Brian Michael Bendis. At least on this Daredevil run, I I really enjoyed the things he was doing with it. I don't know if I've read that stuff like i read the who was the other guy uh, was it mark millar that had daredevil for a while no it was mark wade wade mark wade yeah, yeah i okay. love that run yeah yeah I, I read that run i haven't read any of that yet i was i was thinking about doing that but then also at the end of volume two daredevil quote-unquote dies even though obviously he doesn't <laughs> and black panther takes over as the man without fear yeah yes That's right yep and so i think i might have to read that just because yeah one the thing i need to know about I meant to mention that. Yeah, there was a period where he was the daredevil. So how about that? Um, Michael, you you said you've been very busy lately, so you haven't had a chance to read. Well, to be honest, nothing extra. Just just the stuff that I read for Flea Market Fantasy and Here Comes the Spider Cat. That's for seven podcasts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's very ridiculous. Yeah, I've got a movie one going every two weeks now, too. It's ridiculous. What? Well, not a podcast, but it's a group we meet. So we watch a movie, and then we uh, get together on Tuesdays and chat over, like, video chat. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> You're welcome to join. Anyone is. I mean, it's online, but, right? So, But you don't broadcast this or anything? No, it's just, we just talk. So I've just- asked if we could record it, but uh, it's tied to, like, the Windsor Public Library, so there's, like... <laughs> privacy issues and stuff like that what so. movie are you discussing this week or the what's the most recent one you're discussing uh the most recent one was black orpheus i don't know what that is yeah it's a brazilian movie from 1959 yikes and then wow. it's good it's good oh. and then the next one is going to be his girl friday oh yeah Harry Grant. there yeah. you go Rosalind Russell. good stuff yeah. all right um 
So I guess getting back to Black Panther, uh, one out of ten. Mike L, what would you give it? I give it. I give it a solid. I, I'm going to say seven point five. <laughs> Another point five. You yeah. son of a bitch. Always at the point fives. Uh, Bob. Um, I think I'm going to give it a seven. It's very good, but like compared to the other issues around it, it's not even as good as those. So I think seven is fair. I'm giving it an eight. A solid eight. I loved it. Um, again, first experience with McGregor. Well, not my first. I, I read the first two issues of this, but uh, just seeing Billy Graham's art and uh, King Cadaver. Loved it. Can't get enough of it. I want to start a King Cadaver fan club. <laughs> I want to start a King Cadaver podcast, Michael. <laughs> there you go. Appearance. I love it. <laughs> I mean, how many appearances does he have in all Marvel comics? Like three, <laughs> I think. Because he, he doesn't he end up getting killed, Bob? Doesn't he? Like I, I he does. Like I said, I didn't get a chance to finish reading this, and I re- originally read it probably like five years ago, maybe even longer than that. So I don't yeah. even remember. I'm sure he does, but then again, he's already dead. That's what the story is. He keeps getting resurrected, <laughs> so they can yeah. bring him back at any time. The podcast could be uh, digging up King Cadaver, or, uh, <laughs> resurrecting King Cadaver, something along those lines. But yeah, uh, make a uh, make room for it in your schedule, Michael. King right. Cadaver podcast. There you go. Start. Saturday right. nights are free. So, there you go. <laughs> so there it is. Jungle Action Ten. Black Panther. Loved it. All right, Michael. I'm we worried, go, as folks. usual. What do you got so, next week? I'll give you a hint first, okay? All right. Maybe Bob will be better with the hints than I am. Here we go. <laughs> by, by some metrics, this is considered the most popular superhero in North America. By we, some metrics. Uh, yes. We've never <laughs> covered this character. If you even say Quasar, I am going to drive no, monster and punch you in the face. <laughs> Take a guess. You get one guess, Mike Dell. Okay, you had your guess. Bob, most, what's your guess? You, the most popular character in what? North America. North America. Is it? I, I guess that's bringing in Mexico and like yeah, who's Mexico? Mexican superhero. There you go. And obviously Canada. So I'm going to go with. Is it Sasquatch? Did they do a <laughs> Sasquatch Close. specific issue? Close. The Invincible Iron Man, number 116. Mm. Never done Iron Man. Why did you say by some metrics? I don't understand. By some metrics? Well, because, I mean, his movies are are the most popular. He's the most popular with, like, kids, you know? I thought this was going to be some some obscure Mexican folk hero. No, no. (laughs) I'm saying, like, typically you'd think Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, but... If you go by just the movies, Iron Man is the most popular, right? So that's why I say he's the I, most popular. I, yes. I don't know, but his comic book was never the most popular ever. No, see, you're no, right. Like, but, growing yeah. yeah. Yeah, currently, I mean, you might not be wrong. My nephew loves Iron Man. Right. He likes you, Spider-Man, but he loves Iron Man even more. Yeah, if you were to ask any kid from the past 10 years, for sure they would say Iron A lot of them would say Iron Man. Huh. So, yeah. In fact, another factoid we should say before we wrap, wrap up. Did you know that even adjusted for inflation, that the Black Panther film made more money than any Batman movie? Wow. Oh, that's blow- but I mean, it just blows my mind. Like, you think about how big Batman was in 1989. You think about how big Dark Knight was with the Joker. But Black Panther made even more money. It's just, it's pretty, it's a yeah. Huge- the, the 89 Batman one is surprising because that was, like, so big back then. Right. Oh, it's that big. Yeah. So. Yeah, but... Black Panther, when that movie came out, that was huge 
everywhere. It's it's tough for me to tell. It's taking schools to go to it. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know it was also yeah the first black all black superhero movie, right? Like yeah. almost everyone in the movie was black except Martin Friedman. <laughs> yeah. White guy. So anyway, um, so what what's going on in Iron Man one sixty? Why'd you pick that one? Uh, one sixteen. This is the first issue by our pal David Michelini. Oh, yeah, Michelini. who had two long runs. He did the run, the, the run that culminated with um, Demon in the Bottle, and then his second run culminated with um, Armor Wars. Uh, Armor Wars, right? Stark Wars. So, so is this a, now? You said one sixty, right? One sixty. No, one sixteen. One one six. Oh, one one six. So this is nineteen seventy eight. Oh, nineteen seventy eight. Who's the artist? John Ramita Jr. Ah, nice. I, I'm trying to think. Uh, who's the main villain in this? This one is the uh, the Annie Men. <laughs> I, I don't know what that means. The Annie The Annie Men. They are guys that they're normal people, but they have like one is the head of a bird, one is the head oh, of okay. a tree. yeah, one <laughs> is a frog. <laughs> Daredevil fought them once, I believe. I think so. Yeah. Because uh, I almost picked an Iron Man one. Which John Romita Jr. drew, and but it stars Doctor Doom. Oh, is it one fifty? Yes, it's a double sized issue, and they go back in time. They're like in Camelot. Yeah, classic. <laughs> so, dodged a bullet there. All right, so next week, Iron Man one one six, one sixteen. <sighs> yep. Well, thanks, Bob. Yeah, oh. for sure. Yeah, Thank thanks you. for joining us, Bob. Quite enjoyed it. Um, yeah, just let me know whenever you want to come back on. Because uh, you know your stuff. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. You let me know what you're reading. In the, well, I guess you guys decide every week ahead of time. But Yeah, it always gets confusing. I know you had mentioned you wanted to, to talk Black Panther, so uh, that's why I reached out to you. But if there's something you really want to do, let me know, and uh, we'll schedule it up. So, yeah, I'll have to think about it. Like A lot of the stuff I read, I think, is just past where you guys cut off. Because your cutoff's, what, like 85-ish? No, it's actually 89. Like, technically, December 89 is the cutoff. Hmm. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of that stuff. Yeah, in the there's 80s. stuff I've read in the mid to late '80s that I'd be interested in coming back for. Oh yeah, just let me know, buddy. Ooh. A lot, of, a lot, of, a lot of that, you know, really high art stuff. By the, the the fancy, um, almost pretentious typewriting. I'm into that. It's my <laughs> kind of stuff. There you go. <laughs> I like punching. Something with punching. <laughs> so, all right, Michael. Next week. There you go. Okay, Ready. so uh, every week we review a different Bronze Age comic book. Uh, yeah, um, follow us on Twitter, find us on Facebook, on YouTube, on our Comic Book Syndicate website, on Twitter, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, iTunes. It's all under Comic Book Syndicate to make it as confusing as possible, but search <laughs> for Flea Market Fantasy. Every week we have a new episode, uh, usually about an hour long, depending on how excited we are about the comic. So, yeah, please feel free to message us. You can email us at mail at comicbooksyndicate.com. You can comment on any one of those uh, places we mentioned and let us know what you think. You can request comics so far. Total number of requests is zero, but uh, we're trying to build that number up. So there you go. Yeah, please join us again next week. So until next Tuesday, disperse.
Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.